0: You're listening to Monster of the Week with Timothy from ProDM. And let me tell you, this episode's got legs. 12 legs, to be precise. And also, a lightning breath. Did I mention this episode's about (sighs) behirs? You can find the Beheer on page 25 of the 5th edition Monster Manual. The Beheer is a huge monstrosity, yet another many-legged blue-scaled reptile, blue or purple I guess, depending on the edition, and rather than eight legs like the Basilisk, the Beheer has a staggering 12 legs. It's just one stat block, a lot like the Basilisk, but this guy is a CR 11 monstrosity. They have a 50-foot speed, a 40-foot climb speed, they've got lightning immunity, they've got a multi-attack that has a bite, but and also like constrict power that is implied to kind of slash with all the behir's claws. They've got a lightning breath for which they're famous, and then they also have a swallow ability. So yeah, it's kind of like a pseudo dragon. Well, not a pseudo dragon, but sort of like a pseudo dash dragon. It's a dragon-like creature that's not quite a dragon, an undragon, if you will. I personally really like the behir, and I'm excited to dive into them a little bit more. The first thing we're gonna dive into, as always, is going to be the monster's history. I always thought the behir was a classic D&D monster, one of those weird things like the rust monster or the bullet where it doesn't have any provenance outside of the game. But I guess the Beheer is actually based on a mythological creature called the Baethyr. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that right, but it's Scottish in origin. And it's basically like a sort of Loch Ness-esque water serpent that was supposedly only visible when lightning strikes, which is pretty cool and kind of a shame that's not reflected here in the stat block. Its D&D history is no less interesting. It's actually first appeared in an adventure. 1982's The Lost Caverns of Sajkantz, one of the coolest named adventures from the 80s. Uh, This is for first edition. It actually appears on the cover photo for that adventure. In a Monster Manual, it first appeared in 1983's Monster Manual 2, which of course came out the next year. It appears almost identically to how it's represented in fifth edition. It's got 12 legs, climb speed, bite, constrict, lightning breath, swallow. They do, as they always do in these old monster manuals, make this interesting note that a swallowed creature might find something valuable inside the behir, and they even included a small table Which to roll, which I think is honestly a great addition to any creature with a swallow mechanic. What else is rattling around inside there? Second edition maintained most of these mechanics, but kind of fleshed out the lore a lot more. Their hatred of dragons, which is one of their big uh, traits that we're going to talk about, was first established here. And there's also a strange note about how their parts were often useful to spellcasters. Their horns, in particular, produced ink that was useful for scribing specifically the lightning bolt spell in, like, scrolls and spellbooks, which is cool, but seems, like, heinously specific. Like, maybe from, like, a capitalistic enterprise of, like, hi, we manufacture scrolls, and we specifically manufacture the lightning bolt scroll. We're gonna go kill a here to get its horn You know, it has this kind of poaching, it has this kind of like monster poaching connotation, which is extra weird if you think about the fact that behirs are sentient. 3rd edition doesn't change much, they keep all of this, but they also add the mechanic that they can't be tripped, which I think is good, and I wish we still had. Now, in traditional 4th edition fashion, there are multiple kinds of behir introduced in the Monster Manual 2, Including a whelp, which is pretty standard, sort of like a, a lower CR youngling version of the monster. But there's also a storm steed, a behir that is meant to be ridden, which is a deeply like 90s action figure move for the behir. They also have a cool ability called lightning reflexes that allows them to act multiple times per round. And I think this is another example of 4th edition's kind of slow creep towards 5th edition, it might be sort of a precursor to legendary actions. Late 4th edition was experimenting with the idea of monsters acting multiple times and figuring out a way to try to break up the action economy that it clearly had problems with early on with its solo monsters. Now, while heroes appear in both Forgotten Realms and Dark Sun, only in Eberron could I really find any, like, world-specific lore. They're originally descended from Sybaris, which is one of the three kind of world dragons of Eberron. Sybaris is sort of the, like, star dragon. And they once fought side by side with dragons against demons in the Dawn War, which is one of the big conflicts of that uh, of that setting. But then when the war ended, the dragons kind of spurned them, right? Thinking them less than dragons. And that causes the behirs to slink away. And kind of that's the origin of their, their sort of resentment between dragons and Beheers. So pretty standard, but, you know, it, they found a little niche in there. And that's pretty much it. That's the history of the behir. You know, originally Scottish mythology and then kind of, uh, developed early on in 1st and 2nd edition and then sort of, you know, maintained across all the subsequent editions. The behir has been the behir for most of its life. Great, next up we're going to talk about the positive things, the things we like about the 5th edition behir. Probably my favorite thing about the Beheer is its lore. I love the idea of them as sort of like the dragon's jealous little brother. I think the book sort of portrays them as being more like frightened of dragons and trying to avoid them. But I always kind of portray them as these like inept, kind of like impotent schemers. You know, they're, they're powerful monsters, but they're not quite as powerful as dragons at the same level. You know, they can't fly. They just have the lightning breath. You know, they're they're not quite on the same power level, so I love the idea that they're always kind of trying to find a way around the dragon or to outsmart the dragon, but with their seven intelligence, they aren't quite smart enough to do that. Right. So I love them as these kind of like, like scheming, duplicitous creatures. I've used them as like unlikely allies of the party before. If they need to like defeat an evil dragon, sometimes they'll find a behir in the region who's kind of plotting that dragon's demise. So I love that element to them. I think that's a really fun, like a subsidiary monster to a dragon is a, you know, a powerful enough dragon will attract these kind of like behir malcontents who are sort of trying to overthrow their reign in the current area. My second thing would probably be the bite-constrict combination. I think it's a cool way to get around the sort of normal multi-attack mediocrity, you know, where it's just like bite and claws. The behir can bite you and then potentially swallow you, but it can also constrict you at the same time and then not just hold you, but slash you with its claws. It's a nice way to give the behir a few more options beyond just biting, clawing, and lightning breath. It also brings the behir's like weird morphology into play. Because it's this long, many-legged serpent, Constrict really lets you describe the weird, like, slithery way that the Behir moves around. And then similarly, my my last favorite thing about the Behir is I like the climb speed. I think that a really good Behir encounter should be incorporating, you know, elevation and climbing on the walls and the ceiling and stuff. I might even go so far as to give them, like, a spider climb-like ability where, because they have so many legs, they're able to, like, you know, in positions that, that other creatures of their size could never hope to climb. So, I, yeah, I like the climb speed and the constrict, how those two work together to make the Beheer feel very serpentine and, and kind of slithering around the encounter. Great, and those are the three things that I like about the Beheer. Next, we're going to talk about the three things that I think could use some improvement in the Beheer's design. <laughs> So my one big beef with the behir is its Swallow ability. For all the space it takes up on the stat block, I think it's kind of boring. I feel like Swallow is overused among monsters, and it's this big, chunky thing. And it's an ability that can only affect one character at a time, maybe two characters if you get really lucky. And it's this weird way of like shunting a whole player character off for most of the encounter. You know, it can add some dramatic stakes for sure. I don't dislike swallow in general, but I find it's it's across a few too many monsters. It doesn't feel particularly constitutive to the Beheer. Swallowing monsters isn't something I think of as being like a prime Beheer ability. To me, that's the legs and the lightning breath. Not that it couldn't swallow someone, obviously it's a big it's a huge creature with a huge mouth. But to me, Swallow is like the province of the purple worm. You know, and maybe like a dragon. Those are the things I kind of expect to be swallowing their prey. So I'm not crazy about swallow in general, unless it's really, really vital to the monster's mechanics. I don't think we necessarily need it. My next negative has to do with the lore. I'm not crazy about the description of them being, like, bred as storm giants, as weapons in the ancient war between dragons and giants. Like, I understand 5th edition's lore is really trying to, like, play up the ordning and giants versus dragons, and that's fine, but something about, like, bred as weapons I find to be a little trite and overused. This is the trick, though, I find with a lot of D&D lore, is that how do you justify the existence of so many similar monsters? Right? Either they're related to dragons, or they were meant, they were made to like ape the dragons, that kind of a thing. There's not much history there I can really fall back on. What is the relationship between a giant and a behir? Do they resent the giants? They seem to resent the dragons, clearly, but we don't really understand their relationship to the giants. And lastly, I feel like this one has been a repeated refrain. There's not much fun here in terms of the abilities, right? Like it's it's kind of, these are the handful of things you expect it to do. You expect it to bite, you expect it to constrict, you expect it to breathe lightning and then swallow, right? Like there's no surprises. This is one of the things I really miss about fourth edition. Sometimes the, the stat blocks got a little bit too crunchy, but there was always some ability on a fourth edition monster, especially like a big heavy hitter like a behir, that kind of threw you for a loop. So I would want something to make the behir run and feel differently from other other monsters we talked about spider climb there's lightning reflexes from 4th edition you know there's got to be something we can introduce in here to make this feel more interesting so let's talk about that what are three ways that we could improve the behavior by making changes to the mechanics or the lore so a really, really small one, a really, really easy one, pulling from third edition, I would give them a condition immunity, and that condition immunity would be prone. If they have 12 legs and they're huge, I think it should be almost impossible to knock a Beheer over. I think it makes sense, it gives them a little bit more of an immunity, and it's the kind of immunity you almost never see, right? Despite the fact that there are tons of monsters that really shouldn't be easily knocked prone. So one of the things that's always kind of baffled me about the Beheer is that I don't really understand the origins of the lightning breath. In 5th edition, you know, they were made by storm giants, so it kind of makes sense. But because I think that's kind of a mad backstory, I would maybe want to delve a little bit more into, like, their ecology or where they come from. This is a pretty deep cut that I'm just kind of pulling out of my butt right now. But in 3rd edition, there was there was a monster called the Shocker Lizard, which was, like, a tiny little kind of, like, salamander, gecko-like creature that had kind of electric powers. It had very, very cool art in 3rd edition. I remember that, too. What if, like, a shocker lizard lays its eggs, and those eggs have kind of a static charge to them that attracts lightning? And so when it storms over a shocker lizard nest, increased chance that a a bolt of lightning strikes the nest, and let's say it hits one of the eggs, and that kind of supercharges the egg, and it makes it be here. You know what I mean? It's more like, a, again, like a lightning strike, like a like a freak accident that this thing happened and created it. That's their life cycle. They're magical creatures, obviously, right? But then it feels like it harkens back to that kind of Scottish lore about the storm and the lightning strike. Without having to bring in this weird idea of, like, being bred by giants to be anti-dragons, they can still have this kind of, like, jealousy and insecurity around dragons, But because they have a different origin, you don't have to weirdly contend with, like, what are giants up to, and giants having breeding experiments, and giants, like, enslaving these intelligent monsters. You know, it's just all kind of messy. So that's just an example of a backstory, but that's something I would do to make the Beheer's ecology a little bit more interesting. Then imagine an encounter, right, where the party comes across a chakra lizard nest, you know, and, and they see the bolt of lightning come down, and the egg just starts to, like, grow and swell to create this creature. And then lastly, I would want to find, I would want to remove Swallow and add some other ability that makes them a little bit more fun to run. I love the serpentine nature of them. I would maybe give them some kind of power where they can move in a way where like they don't provoke opportunity attacks or they have this kind of like slippery sliding movement. Maybe spider climb like we talked about. One way to fight the action economy, because I think Lightning reflexes, as cool as it is. I don't think quite works just because it's it feels a little arbitrary to say like they just get to act multiple times per round just because they want to. I would maybe say that because they have so many legs, you could do almost a legendary action thing where the behir can make a claw attack against one creature it can reach in between each initiative count right which makes it much more of a solo monster it's got these 12 legs you know assuming that it's on the ground and it's not climbing that way it can it can use them if it can reach a creature it can make a claw attack against it right but it can't do the same creature multiple times So it's maybe a little wordy, but because Swallow is so wordy, you could probably make space for it. And then to try to capture this idea of, like, there's so many legs with so many claws that it's just perpetually slashing all the time. It helps fight the action economy, and it also is more interesting and unique to the Beheer, not just a copy-pasted ability from other more famous monsters. So yeah, that's what I would do. I would do a little bit of lore reform. I'd add a few small tweaks, maybe a spider climb, maybe an immunity to being knocked prone... And then I would give them some kind of an interrupt legendary action-esque power that lets them make claw attacks kind of the whole combat. Great, and that is our episode. That is the Beheer. Overall, again, a great monster, one I really love on flavor, that if we could just tweak and polish a little bit, could be a lot more fun to run at the table. We are charging our way through the bees. Up next is maybe the most iconic monster in Dungeons & Dragons, right on the cover. That's right, it's the Beholder. We are talking Beholders next week, Death Tyrants, Spectators, Lair Actions, the whole thing. It's going to be a big episode, so I'm looking forward to that. But until then, thank you so much for listening, watch the skies, and happy adventuring. monster of the week is a pro dm production you can follow us on twitter and instagram at xp Series. and if you like the show please consider joining our patreon campaign for one dollar a month you get access not only to early episodes of this show but also to brand new homebrew monsters you can find us at patreon.com xp webseries that's the letters x p webseries The music used in this episode was Rainbow Ride and Waves by Azure Flux, licensed under an attribution, non-commercial, share-alike, creative commons license. Check out their work at azureflux.bandcamp.com. Thanks for listening.